Every bonus episode that I've done so far for this series has been with a friend. People I'm close with, people I've known for years, people I'm comfortable with. So when one of my friends who agreed to do this episode didn't respond to my messages asking him to come online, I had to think quick. People who have listened to the last bonus episode know that I'm a member of YesFam, a community of people from all around the world who follow Yes Theory, a YouTube channel founded by three guys. Yes Theory have grown to be far bigger than that. From meeting the Dalai Lama to challenging Will Smith to bungee jump from a helicopter over the Grand Canyon, Yes Theory is now a way of life for many. They promote the idea of saying yes to spontaneity, seeking discomfort, meeting new people because a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. So in Yes Theory fashion, I decided to screw comfortable and go to YesFam Book Club, a Facebook subgroup that I'm an admin of and write a post asking for any strangers who'd want to participate in today's episode. With just three hours remaining for my usual recording time, I had very little hopes that anyone was going to respond. So I started playing Among Us with my friends. When I went back to the post, to my surprise, there were two comments from Ayush Pandey in Germany and James Hilber in Austria, both saying yes. So the following is a conversation between three strangers from three different parts of the world talking Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the fifth episode of a bonus series we're calling Juma and Friends Go Back to Hogwarts. Joining me today is Ayush Pandey from Germany and James Hilber from Austria. This is where you guys say hi. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Sorry, everybody. It's okay. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. What do you guys do? Where, where are you from? Oh, I, I just told you where you're from, but yeah. <laughs> what do you guys do? So uh, I'm currently living in Germany and I'm... Uh undergoing the process of pursuing my master's degree here in computer science. Uh, I'll hopefully be done by the end of next year if I don't fail any courses. But yeah, so that's uh, that's what I've been doing for the last one year and will be doing for the next one year to come. And what about you, James? Uh, well, so I currently live in, in Austria. I'm doing a degree in literature here. But I was born in Italy and I was partially raised in the UK, moved around a bit when I was a kid. And when I heard that you were talking about Harry Potter, I was just um, I was just amazed. And I knew that I had to join you talking about it. Uh, I'm, also, I'm going to college next year. So I, and I am planning on majoring in literature. So we have that in common. So you guys don't know much about me either, so let me introduce myself as well. I live in a village called Harmuthi in the state of Assam in India. It's right on the outskirts of lower Himalayas. I have a podcast, as you guys know, and I also uh, have an e-commerce store where I sell clothes. I'm planning on studying literature, like I said. Uh, and I'm also writing a book right now, so I'm doing a lot of things, but yeah. Uh, which Hogwarts house do you guys belong to? 
So I've taken the uh, Pottermore quiz twice. Uh, the first time I took it was, uh, I think, about five years ago. I came out to be a Slytherin. Uh, second time I uh, took the quiz, I came out to be a Hufflepuff. So maybe I have a bipolar disorder where sometimes <laughs> other times I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I also took the the test on the website a few years back and um, I ironically got into Ravenclaw, which was quite a surprise oh. to me because I am an absolutely terrible student. So <laughs> I, I do not know how I belong to that house, but um, I was flattered to say the least. Okay. I have never met a Ravenclaw before. Neither is Slytherin, but I would say Ayush, I've interact. I've seen you. We're in the same WhatsApp group, so I have read a few of your messages, and I think you're more Hufflepuff than Slytherin. I took the test quite a few times last year, like twice or thrice, and I came out to be a Gryffindor, which is the most common house, I think, with my friends at least. It's the most. All my friends are Gryffindor. I've never met. A Ravenclaw or a Slytherin. A few of them were Hufflepuff, yes, but most of them Gryffindor. Uh, so, have you guys read the books? Uh, yes, I have read the books. I think about two or three times, and the movies. Just whenever I have time, I watch the whole series. It's like seven hours long. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I remember back when I was a kid. I was going to primary school. And I started reading the books, and I think I've probably read them half a dozen times um, throughout my teenage and, you know, kid years. Um, so I've read them, um, and, I, you know, they're, they're absolutely amazing. That's how I managed to read them six times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I watched the movies when I was a kid. I, I live in a village, like I said, and none of the people here read. There's not even a bookstore where I can buy Harry Potter books. So I never got to read the books when I was a kid. So I grew up watching the movies. I probably watched the movies 100 times before I actually read the books. And I read the books two years ago. And I've only read them once. So I'm like, I don't remember much from the books. I do remember a lot of things, but not everything. Probably not as much as you, James, who have read it six times. Oh, my God. So were you positively or negatively surprised about the book? Oh, I was positively surprised, very positively surprised. Oh, that's great to hear. <laughs> now, Umbridge is undeniably the, the worst Hogwarts teacher, giving bad memories to all the kids in that year. Tell us some of your worst teacher or school experiences. Oh, my God. Uh, where do I start? Uh, so, uh, off the top of my head, uh, the first teacher, I won't name her because who knows <laughs> yeah uh, she used to be our uh, biology teacher in, when i was in i think sixth uh, standard uh, she had this annoying habit of uh, first asking us a question and before uh, we could reply she used to snap at us and say uh, okay i don't want to talk to you anymore just sit down and th that was sort of a very weird experience in the class when you're asked a question and then the teacher snaps at you before you answer the question so, uh, yeah, she was probably the worst teacher I, uh, I have ever had. As I've, as I've said before, I was, I was an absolutely terrible student, but I'm, I sort of ironically got along with all of my teachers very well. Um, we were kind of on a, on a very friendly basis together. 
Um, but I do remember when I went to school in Italy, we had one Italian professor and she was um, she was somewhat of the archetypal old cat lady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> her And she always had this, this terrible habit of trying to explain our psychology to us. So she would literally sit there four hours explaining to you why you just made this mistake that you know a, a grammar mistake or a vocabulary mistake or anything just some tiny bits and i would go on for hours on end so um it was not that she was bad but she was just boring beyond belief it was it was terrible okay so for me i i grew up in armati like i mentioned so many times now i studied in a Don Bosco school, which is like a Catholic missionary school. Uh, it's from Italy as well. Like the owners are from Italy, the main guy. Uh, mm. But in our school, despite being a Catholic missionary school, the teachers were brutal. Like they would, Ayush may know this because he was from India. There's a thing called making you a murga. A murga is basically a chicken. So they would make you a chicken. It doesn't sound as delicious as it, as I put it, but what they would do is they would make you squat and then make your hands go behind you and then under your legs and then touch your ears. And they would make you sit like that for, um, well, basically for the entire period. But there was this one guy, and this guy was one of the most brutal teachers that I've ever had. And he was the math teacher. It was in eighth grade. And one of my classmates, this didn't, this didn't happen to me, but it's still one of the memories that I still remember whenever I talk about brutal teachers and strict teachers. But this guy, uh, he was probably 40, 50 years old. There was this girl called, well, I won't say her name, but she was 14 years old. And she made a math problem. He was the mathematics teacher and she made a math problem. And this guy literally went up, went up to her and punched her in the face. This 40-year-old man punched a 14-year-old girl in the face. And the girl didn't complain because that type of shit was just so common in Indian schools. Yeah, and that guy later went on to become the principal of another school. So I'm sorry, I feel sorry for the kids there. Jesus Christ, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's... I, I, I won't conquer with this. I mean, not all schools in India are uh, beating children. <laughs> so please... <laughs> Yeah, I'd I probably go. So, uh, uh, yes, I mean, yeah, uh, physical violence used to be kind of uh, common uh, back in the day, but now it's all gone. Uh, state regulations and central regulations have sort of banned it and it's punishable now. So it's all. Yeah, yeah I remember my, my parents talking about, and especially my grandparents as well, talking about violence when they were at school. And it was always so... Um, so funny because the most violent professor by far always seemed to be the the preacher the the guy who taught religion which i thought was well, you know ironic at best i suppose <laughs> okay if you guys could use one magical object from the books what would it be oh that's a nice question so uh, all right does it have to be uh I mean, is there any limitation to the kind of magic uh, that we can use? No, it just has, if it's one object, then that's it. Just one object. If it can do several kinds of magic, then no problem. 
I would go for the Marauders map. Okay. Nice choice. And you, James? I would probably, I would probably want to have a hippogriff. Those beasts are just amazing. Like you know, imagine just just flying into school every morning on a hippogriff. You, oh god, you'd be the coolest guy around. Yeah, that would be amazing. Hey. Yeah, I, I just got a hippogriff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me it would be the firebolt, the fastest broom, because who doesn't want to fly? And I would be a little scared to go in front of a hippogriff because. Chickens, they don't like me. <laughs> Did you, when you when you thought about the firebolt, do you have any idea how fast that could go, in like kilometers per hour? Ah, uh, no, but I know it's very fast. Yes, but I, I, because I remember. I mean, I think you've done it as well. When you just, when your parents are driving and you stick your head out, head out of the window in the back seat, and yes. as soon as you go up to like i don't know 80 90 kilometers um per hour you can't really open your eyes anymore so i figured if you're on this um what to call again the fire i've got the, the, whatever fire. yeah yeah if you fly around on it and you're probably around 100 kilometers per hour i don't know how you open your eyes i mean you just go like blindfolded and just you know <laughs> now I, I would probably need a pair of goggles Harry had yeah. his glasses, so I think I would need the goggles as well. <laughs> but in Order of the Phoenix, Harry and Cho finally kiss. Their love story was short, but in the movies, I prefer Harry with Cho. So according to you guys, was Harry better with Cho or Ginny? Oh, definitely Ginny. I wouldn't even think for a moment that... Uh the relationship with Joe could last. <laughs> and for you, James? Yeah, same same here. I mean, it was just from the beginning sort of meant to be Ginny. Um, yeah. You remember the scene? I don't. I remember from the films, not entirely sure if it's in the books as well, but when he first enters um, the platform and all of the Weasleys are standing out there and he just looks at Ginny, you know, this sort of, this sort of look, this this tension that they had from the beginning. Um, although she's his best friend's sister, it was it was really meant to happen at some point. So the Cho thing was more like a, a what do we call it, adolescent high school flirt, maybe. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. For the books, if if I go by the books, then I would have to go with Ginny as well. But in the movies, what happened was when I was a kid, when I first watched um, Harry Potter, I was probably twelve, um, and. Growing up, uh, watching Bollywood movies, the first girl the guy is interested in is the guy is the girl that the guy ends up with. So, when Harry was interested in Cho in Goblet of Fire, I thought that eventually they would find their way to each other. But then, after Order of the Phoenix, I knew that that wasn't gonna happen. But I still remember when, even now, when I watch that movie, I still remember that I actually like him better with Cho in the movies uh, than Ginny. It was kind of a cute first love, yeah. Did you guys yeah. experience like that you fell in love with one of the characters from the books or the films? Oh, yes. I fell in love with Luna Lovegood. Oh, God, same for me. <laughs> I, I that's, uh, that's one thing that everybody would uh, sort of uh, agree with, that Luna was one character which was not given 
uh, in the books uh, she has uh, a very significant role in terms of the amount of lines and the su- suggestions uh, she makes in the movies her part was uh, sort of cut off yeah i agree i've talked this i've talked about this with a few of my other guests as well and they also agree the ones who have read the books that luna was she was very underrated in the movie and she wasn't given as much screen time or as much value by the other characters Although, yeah i remember when i was yeah the actress who played uh, luna did a wonderful job portraying the character though yeah yeah she did she was very good but i remember when i was reading the books luna was this sort of mysterious character that you didn't know all that much about but she seemed so smart and like she always knew what was going on and she was in ravenclaw which you didn't understand really back in the day but you know once she finished the books she was like she's still to this day one of the characters that have just amazed me the most yeah i i agree with you because that's what i actually like about luna as well because she knows about stuff that not many people does magical like nargles <laughs> and she I all the time yeah yeah it's she she was just really underappreciated by many but i actually love her for that as well and okay if you guys could use one spell what would you use oh that's interesting uh, james would you like to answer this first i have to think about the spell that i would like to use Okay, I I can go. Like I don't know the name. I think it's like silencio or something the spell that makes people shut up. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Oh, I just constantly to this day think about using this spell on people whenever they talk too much. I um, <laughs> never leaves my mind. I love that spell. Oh, no. And, uh, from that I sort of have a spell that i would like to use I, i would probably end up using muffliato a lot because i have this bad habit of gossiping with my friends and i don't want that gossip to be overheard so muffliato <laughs> would be one thing that i would definitely end up using a lot okay for me it would be i answered this once in the podcast before but for me it would be lumos because coming living in rural india the power the electric power it gets cut off a lot and it stays cut off for a long time so during the night um when when there's no power and there's no light i can't seem to find my phone so if i have my wand and if i keep it under my pillow so i can just use lumos and go to the toilet <laughs> or go to the go to, yeah <laughs> go to anywhere i want to in the house makes sense that seems very insightful i feel stupid now for just wanting to make people shut up <laughs> no i I think silencio is a very good spell. I I would that would be my second choice actually. It would improve my life a lot. <laughs> okay. What are some of your favorite scenes from the movie? So uh the best uh like the scene that I uh absolutely can't skip when I'm uh, rewatching the movie is the one uh where the centaurs uh carry umbridge uh into the black forest and she keeps shouting like uh i am the uh, high uh, hogwarts high inquisitor and uh, you creature put me down that is uh, the absolute uh, hilarious scene which i uh, absolutely can't skip i have to watch it 
again and again. That's a good one, yeah. I love that one. And I I, I also love the one where Hermione slaps um Malfoy. Oh yeah. No, that's got the re It's in the third one, I think, where she slaps yeah. him, um, which is absolutely beautiful. And um God. I think the one at the beginning of the fifth when they try to um arrest Dumbledore and he just disappears with his yeah. phoenix. But but that's so much so style, it's just believable. Yes, that's exactly what my answer is as well. The time uh, the, when uh, the Cornelius Fudge and Percy Weasley. I hated him in this movie, by the in this in the book as well. I don't think I hated Umbridge as much as I hated Percy. I hated Percy a lot, but Percy and Cornelius Fudge and the other guys, Kingsley and Umbridge, they try and arrest Dumbledore, and he did the there's a thing with the Phoenix and just disappears, and then Kingsley says. You, I know you hate him, uh, Minister, but you can't deny that Dumbledore's got style. And I love that scene very much, just because of that. So uh, I think if... I yeah, that's a great quote. Uh, then this scene was uh, sort of shortened in the movies. In the book, uh, Dumbledore talks to McGonagall and uh, Shacklebolt and everybody before uh, disappearing. So the time uh, stops for a short while. Yeah. Okay. Before I end this episode, I want to test your knowledge on Order of the Phoenix. For this quiz, you guys will be tag teaming. So if one of you don't know the answer and the other does, you both will get the point. However, if one of your answer is wrong, if one of you answer wrong, the other won't get the chance. So you lose a point. Are you ready? Yes, you should have done this 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whom did Dumbledore ask to keep an eye on Harry when he was in Little Whinging? Beep. Okay. Can I beep? Is that a thing? Yeah, you, you can just answer. It's okay. Oh, I think it's Snape, probably. Um, Who? No, no. Wait, wait. James, what did you say? I, I said Severus Snape. No, you're wrong. And you, you guys don't get that point. It's Mrs. Fig. The answer is Mrs. Fig. She lived across uh, from the Weasleys. Oh. <laughs> God, yes, exactly. Okay. Where did Dumbledore send Hagrid? Uh, where did Dumbledore send Hagrid? Uh, uh, he, had, uh, he had sent him to uh, parry with the giants. Yeah. Okay, you got that point. Oh. Uh, he sent Hagrid to parley with the giants. That's correct. Okay, third question. What line did Umbridge ask Harry to write in her office with her special quill? Oh, I got oh, something about chatting with people. Uh, no. Uh, so uh, the line was, I must not tell lies. Correct again. So two points for you guys. Oh. <laughs> okay, James, are you, you're really struggling out there. <laughs> yes, I'm. I've read. I haven't read the books in ten years now. It's. Uh, uh, I, I'm sort of able to answer this because I just watched Harry Potter the seven movies like three days ago. Okay. Uh -huh. So fresh. <laughs> 
Okay. What did Voldemort want in the Department of Mysteries? Oh, that's easy. He wanted the prophecy. Okay. Yeah, that's correct again. So three points for you guys. That was really easy. Very easy. Yeah, I knew that as well. It was very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you just saying that, James? <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to make myself feel better here. <laughs> okay. Final question. Which unforgivable curse did Harry use on Bellatrix Lestrange after she killed Sirius Black? I would ask um, Ayush to lay behind on this and let James answer it because he hasn't really. On Bellatrix Lestrange. Oh my God. Can I um, give a hint though? I, I think yeah. it was. Uh, can I give a hint? Yeah, give me the hint. Uh, Neville Longbottom. Okay, so it was the Cruciatus one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't entirely sure. That's the one I thought, but then I was like, Harry Potter's not the kind of guy to use the Cruciatus curse. But, but, but I well, laughed at him, uh, saying that you need to feel it uh, for the curse to actually work. Oh, yes. Now I remember it. Oh, I remember the scene. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So what, what's the score? A draw, roughly? I win? I don't know. What is it? Uh, it's what? What's the score? Is it a draw? Do I win? No, no, no. You guys were So, like, you guys were playing. You, you were playing as a team. You guys got four out of five. I'm way too competitive. <laughs> okay. We both know if it was a competition, who would win, James? Yeah, I think I would, uh, you know. Yeah. Thank you both so much for being a part of this episode on such short notice. I really appreciate it. But there's one more thing I want to ask you guys. It's not related to Harry Potter, but yes, Yuri. So we know each other from the SM. I've not mentioned it in the episode so far, but I was supposed to do this episode with another guy, with a friend, but uh, he didn't respond to my messages today. So I just sent up a quick post in the YesFam book club and you both responded and I just wanted to know how has Yes Theory changed your life? Uh, should I go first? Yes. Alright, uh, so uh, if I remember correctly I discovered Yes Theory not uh, that uh, long ago it was probably around six months ago and the first video of theirs that I saw was the one where they went into the uh, Amazon for or some uh, into the forest to uh, find that lost uh, pyramid. And uh, that sort of uh, and in that uh, they had this whole uh, sec uh, segment about Amar not being able to talk to his family and uh, the entire story. So that sort of spoke to me because I was in a similar situation uh, back then. Uh, I had moved countries, uh, left my family behind, left my friends, my job, everything, and made the sleep and decided to move to Germany to suddenly start my uh, studies all over again after two years of uh, uh, working in the corporate uh, world. But seeing that video really uh, like made me believe like the problem that I'm facing is not that big. I definitely can overcome it just with the right mindset so yeah that's what uh, actually got me hooked uh, to their channel that's beautiful and for you james to me well i i i just wanted to give you a specific answer i think and i was it was about 
when was it? I think it was September last year. And I was at a party and I was talking to a guy from Belgium. And we didn't know each other before. We got to know each other. And the same night we were talking about, yes, theory. And it turns out that he was a, a great fan as well. And so we, you know, it got a little bit late. And I think at around 5 a.m., we were both intoxicated. Um, <laughs> and we booked flights to Stockholm for like 7 a.m. So um, we went to Stockholm for three nights. And actually, every single night, we messaged someone from the Yes fam and requested to stay with them, which we did. And also, throughout the day, we met people from the Yes fam. So to me, the the Yes theory, you know, just the idea of seeking discomfort and the family that's been built around it has been... Um, it's been a, more of a family than I could have ever imagined, you know. Going to, to Sweden with a guy I had known for half a day, meeting people I had never seen before, but every single second I felt like I was surrounded by not only friends, but family. So that's basically what it's given to me, you know, uh, a bunch of adventurous brothers and sisters who would really do anything with me, which is absolutely amazing. That's beautiful as well. And then through yes, you really did live that yes theory life. Oh yes, I'm I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to. <laughs> yeah. For me, um, so a few years ago, I I met yes theory. I discovered yes theory two years ago, and I was at a place where I I basically was in a rut. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't studying. I had no intention of going to college. Um, I had no intention of doing anything. And mentally, I was, I wasn't very good. I, I was extremely antisocial. My days would be like, I would spend all my days just in my bed, scrolling through YouTube or Instagram and doing nothing. That was basically it. But then after Yes Theory, I binge watched a couple of their videos. I joined the Yes fam not long after. And I read some of the posts and I, felt a little bit more positivity in the world and I connected with some other people. I did the one mile run around the world challenge that I wish may not know about yet, but probably has seen the video. Um, I, yeah, if you asked me a few years ago, if I would do this, if I would be someone who would host a podcast where I would have to talk to strangers such as yourself, um, I would have said it's completely out of the question. It would, it could never happen. But now it has, and a big thanks to that actually also goes to the creators of the Buddy Project. Um, some of you might know what the Buddy Project is. Some of not. One of you might know what the Buddy. I think I might also know what the project is. Uh, but what happened was a year ago, they did the Buddy Project, and I was paired with a girl named Barbara Conhado, and we were given a bunch of questions. She was in the last episode. Uh, we were given a bunch of questions. She was she's from Brazil, and we did a questionnaire. And by the end of it, like the Buddy Project promised, we would know each other very well. Uh, we would become good friends, and that's what happened. But we didn't talk. Sorry, there's a really huge truck. Uh, but we didn't talk for like six months, and then after six months, we reconnected again. And now. She is my best friend, and she was the one who really brought me 
brought this side of me out. I was very introverted. I wasn't talking to anyone. And she was the first person that I socialized with. I don't know how long, but quite a long time. And yeah, now she's my best friend. And this, like this podcast, if I had to say exists because of your theory. Um, yeah, that's it, basically. Wonderful to hear, man. Yeah. Thank you again for being a part of you. Thank you, Ayush, for joining us. And thank you, James, for joining us. Thank it was wonderful. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Okay, it started raining, so I'm gonna have to do this with a bit of rain noises in the background. I hope you guys don't mind. Um, if you like listening to that episode, thank you so much. Thank you so very much. I, you guys are angels. You guys have helped me grow this podcast. I, I didn't even think that. 10 people were gonna listen to it and 300 people listen to it i'm just i'm very thankful thank you so much guys thank you so very much uh but if you haven't already followed or subscribed uh please do it's right up there just click on the button and it will be done it it helps the podcast a lot so please do it if you haven't already share this podcast with your friends we just got available on google podcast so your friends who don't have spotify well, I don't know how they're surviving, but if they don't have Spotify, uh, share this podcast with them on Google Podcasts. They can listen to it there. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, follow us on our Instagram account at Guy Who Reads Podcast. And I just wanted to say a quick thank you before I end this outro. I never prepared for this, by the way. I should start preparing for outros. But I just wanted to say a quick thank you to James and... Ayush for being a part of this on such short notice. I couldn't be more thankful of them. It was they did a fantastic job. They they were awesome. So thank you. Uh, yes, follow us on Instagram. That's it. It's Jumakhan and I am signing off.